Hi everyone, welcome to Charting Change in Legal. I'm Carolina Hill, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Legal IT Insider. And I'm Ari Kaplan, an analyst that covers the legal industry. Hi Caroline, how are you? Hey Ari, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, another busy week in legal tech world. Has it been a busy week? I feel like as we're plugging along toward, uh, or racing actually, toward the end of the year, it was a little bit of a break to be honest. I think that October was a very busy conference month. People were bouncing around from city to city and uh, event to event. So uh, uh, glad to to just be heads down doing doing some research and writing. I um, still have been in conferences. So I was at NetDocuments conference yesterday and I've got another conference next week um, by LexFusion, which is coming over from America to host a conference, like not really a conference, it's kind of invite only thing at one of the big law firms. Um, so yeah, I still haven't had that much time at my desk, unfortunately. <laughs> but I have been doing some writing, Ari. I've been <laughs> So tell me, tell, tell, tell me about that. Although I, I'm uh, eager to hear and see the results of your discussion with the team at uh, LexFusion, you know, smart, dynamic group of folks and driving conversation in an important area. I was on a, uh, I participated in the, um, Lisbon uh, Legal Tech event yesterday with Dennis Kennedy, uh, Jeremy Burge, and Mary Omerod, uh, who uh, you know led a discussion about uh, AI, but um, it was a much more practical, thoughtful conversation, and with like real examples. It was like. A, a very, very uh, interesting discussion that we had. And I'm, I'm, there's a, I could put a link to it when I share this uh, discussion because it's publicly available, but uh, they did a great job. And it was just an interesting kind of global look at what people are thinking. They're really smart. Actually, do you know, uh, we talked about this and I, so I won't kind of go on about it too much, but one of, my, one of the conversations, you know, you and I have a ton of conversations and they all help our thinking in, in terms of how we're sharing our knowledge or growing knowledge around particularly gen ai at the moment which is yeah. what fusion is here to talk about um and i think one of the most important for me conversations was one that, that i had with casey flaherty from lex fusion about gen ai just in terms of the conversation we had about the hot with the hype equals just hype or an inflection point and he his point was hype just because it's hype doesn't mean that it's not an inflection and that's been so helpful and me trying to communicate that to people when they go, oh, it's all really hyped. And, and I've been able to re relay his knowledge and wisdom and say, yes, but that doesn't mean that it's not an inflection point. Right. Like Because I think some people are using the hype to sort of as a I think we're moving past that a, a bit. But, I, you know, I do think that people still go, oh, it's really overhyped. Well, yeah, but it's also a really big deal. <laughs> so you said you've been doing some some writing. Yes. So um, actually, yeah, no, I've just written a report, Um, so which is interesting because it was on business intelligence, which is not something that I've spent an awful lot of time on recently. And so it was great to really sort of have a look at what people are doing, law firms, it was focused on law firms and how they're using BI um, in order to better manage the firms um, and it's a, it was such a nuance there were so many nuanced conversations because so law firms obviously traditionally have not been very data led you know they've been very much like gut feel um, and even now with BI available I think there's a cultural difficulty in that lawyers still don't like to be told 
how to do what they do using numbers necessarily. So it was a case of even if you've got BI, how do you make it work? How do you make it stick? How do you make it make a difference? And there's so many clever things that you can do with BI that it's very difficult to do just with human observation and experience so that one of the things um we were looking there were two two interesting things and then i'd love to get your take just from your you know sort of conversations but so one of them um was about um gut sort of the sort of the 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 um yeah so i've said about gut fill actually one one of them was about the billable hour right so there are two things one was billable hour and whether how you reward people through you know looking at utilization um, and the other one was about write-off. So the utilization was a cultural thing about we've been so wedded to the billable hour and individual utilization, but there seems to be a real shift using BI towards perhaps looking at a team, a broader team, the way a team functions, so that you enable people to behave in the way that they are best at. So for example, if you've got um, a great person who's good at winning business, they don't necessarily need to be recording time in the same way as somebody else, right? And that BI is being used to perhaps look at team performance and reward team performance, which on a cultural level is perhaps is better. And then the other one, um, so around things, things like write-offs, which, so when individuals, you know, lawyers perhaps don't always have the confidence sometimes to, you know, to sort of, I don't know that they they make they do write-offs all the time um and but when you look at it cumulatively it can lead to a huge number particularly when you do it across the whole firm across all of the fee owners and and it's really interesting and the opposite is true when you find time using a piece of technology or something that that ends up showing that there's a half an hour times 100 people who weren't billing that time or didn't capture it because they weren't efficiently spending their time. They had a bunch of post-it notes and they weren't using technology or some sort of AI tool, or they were not doing it uh, contemporaneously. That has shown to been shown to be an issue also, which makes the firm wildly more profitable. Yeah, no, true, 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 true. So it was, it was a case of, you know, really moving, but moving away from that you know non-scientific non-data-led approach which firms are starting to do the firms that I spoke to but it's it's really interesting because obviously you know you need to make it have teeth so they were saying you know if you're only going to reward utilization for example in terms of compensation they're what they're trying seemingly trying to do is build in a lot lot more um or measure and reward other behaviors so for example business development or actually some people are using it in quite a sophisticated way to to measure compliance so are you doing what you need to do when you need to do it sharing across teams which from being an ex-lawyer I remember being and seems to be a perennial issue of of cross-selling is is very difficult people tend to hoard work um, which doesn't benefit the firm Um, but and so they're trying to use it in quite a sophisticated way the ones that have been using it for a while but um, unless you reward the behavior that you're trying to encourage it's just a bunch of numbers um so there's a, so many different i found it fascinating because it's not just about technology as we know from all of these conversations it's about culture right then that's always the way and is do you have the right culture do you have the right management do you have all of the buy-in in order for the technology to do what it needs to do and this is the conversation that you and i have regardless of the sort of tech we're talking about well i typically try to stay away from predictions of the future and also trying to determine how some new kind of technology is going to transform the profession. However, there isn't any question that the issue of value 
and the value of legal services and the value of completing certain kinds of projects will be in much greater focus in the coming year because firms will have to adjust for the fact that maybe an associate used to spend two hours or three hours or five hours on something that now a machine will do in, in seconds or minutes. How do you even price and charge for that? And the clients will become much savvier as they have become in terms of knowing what they should bill for. And this idea of using some type of analytics to predict was a key point in some research I did earlier this year, I did a report where I interviewed 66 in-house lawyers in 10, 12 countries uh, for Burford Capital and asked them questions about the value of predictability. This is in particular like valuing litigation claims. And the numbers were, as you can imagine, significant. The idea of a firm having the capability to predict outcomes, costs, variables that were otherwise a guessing game in years past has become paramount. And there's an expectation that they will know how to do it. So business intelligence and the use of it and the application and the deployment and the diversity of it, especially as firms become better about cleaning their data and having data that's reliable in a, in a, a sort of a large language model centric future, it it's there's just, you know, that's a that's a winning discussion. And I, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people are very interested in that research. So you, you hit the nail on the head with the value. Like, so that's what they're trying to move towards, you know? So, um, you know, what, what is this worth to you rather than necessarily measuring it purely by units? You know, what is this worth to you? And, and if I can do it quicker, I can pass on the value to you as the client, right? Like rather than trying to reward behavior, which is the opposite, which is I'm going to try and take as much time as possible, which just kind of defies the imagination, defies logic rather. Um, and then, um, yeah, so it, it's fascinating. Um, well, but firms will really have to try to decide. So a machine would take seconds or minutes uh, that, a, that a lawyer, even a junior lawyer, would take hours. Uh, and, and then they're going to have to try to figure out, well, the value isn't nothing, right? If the machine takes seconds, the value can't be nothing. And the value isn't necessarily based on time, but it's based on the worth, as you said, what is it worth to the client to get this completed, to get it done, to have the validation of the law firm, of the machine's work or the bionic lawyer's work, et cetera. And so the firms will have to really start deciding where can they have some type of divergence from the billable hour but not necessarily not charge or, you know, they'll have to come up with some other model and experiment with it. And it'll be really interesting to see how this works, but obviously they're going to have to base it on something. So I get the impression that what they're doing, not in all cases, but in most cases, they are still measuring time behind the scenes, right? Even the ones that are trying to move away from that at the front end, the back end, they're still measuring time, but at the front end, they are using profit and giving giving teams, for example, some of the more progressive ones, they're giving teams a profit figure um, and they're saying, right, you, you make that, <laughs> you do that, you get people, you manage your team, you get people doing the right stuff, you get in the right roles. If you've got a business person that's good at business, get, doing, winning business, they go do that. And the people that are the doers, they do that. And they're driven 
by you know the the, the profit figure, but and also you know, but yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's a really difficult transition because I spoke to one firm that had done away with billable hours um, and moved to purely that model, saying right, give giving the team a profit figure, and they've brought back the billable hour target because lawyers were weren't comfortable. They they felt the description was they felt naked without it. Um, and I think that's the trouble, right? Like with when you're so used to measuring your time in that way, it's really hard to move to a value-based system. Um, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to need to work out culturally how how they do that. And it depends on the size of the firm, the type of practice. There are clearly smaller boutique firms that have found tremendous success on value. There are obviously firms, small and large, that have found success using a contingency fee model. But even in a lot of those instances, they certainly measure productivity. I mean, I don't typically bill by the hour and certainly I'm only working for myself, but I use a tracker to see how much time I'm spending and if this project was worth it and and where I was spending time. And I think that as firms and individuals and organizations generally, because even some in-house teams have talked to me about measuring the time they're spending. They're not obviously billing and they leave a law firm to avoid that, but they still want to be tracking. And the pandemic brought this back into focus because people wanted to know what people were doing. They were like, look, you have total freedom. We trust you completely, but we want to get a sense of, is this going to be done next week? Is it going to be done in three weeks? Is it going to be done tomorrow? And so business intelligence will just become more and more important. Yeah. I left practice partly to get away from timekeeping. <laughs> I did, I worked for a place where they, you know, the, the billable hour is so interesting. If it's hanging over you all the time because you're waiting to do it, it's a nuisance. But I worked at places where you really had to bill and enter your, your time before you left for the day or before you started work the following day. Like you couldn't, it never lingered. And so it was just there. Although sometimes I worked on so many different things and built tiny increments to so many different kinds of matters and litigation that I would joke, who do I bill for the time I spent billing? So there was, a, there was a, you're right. There was a time element to it, which is why you're starting to see so many time capture tools picking up the activity without anybody proactively putting it in. They're just yeah. sort, of, sort of identifying it and maybe you're triaging it or organizing it rather than having to write narratives. And that's, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to have our next conversation because I think that uh, some of this generative, as, as I'm starting to take a bunch of LinkedIn learning classes and having more and more conversations. And as the people I'm talking to are becoming more thoughtful and experienced with it, the the sort of create the narrative, write a set of questions, all of those things tend to be a much more efficient way to spend your time with this aid, whether it's going to, you know, replace you know, that, that's a whole other conversation that. Uh, oh, that's for next time. Yeah, yeah. We said that um, we said we'd be unusually concise today, didn't we, Ari? So. Um... Yeah, which is impossible for us. But I, <laughs> I but I do love this conversation. And maybe what we'll do is have two concise conversations in a row. Uh, but Caroline, uh, it's always a privilege and I really appreciate it. And I look forward to your feedback uh, from the events you're going to in the following week. I look forward to it. Bye. Ari. All right. See ya. Bye.